Well, welcome to the Solar Surge podcast. Uh, and today we have a special guest for you from Generac. Phil Swanson is going to be joining us today to talk about everything that's going on with Generac. So, Phil, welcome to the Solar Surge podcast. Thanks for coming down. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very excited. Great to, great to meet you in person and um, cool to be a part of the show. Absolutely. Well, really, really looking forward to chatting with you about what's going on here. So, folks, Phil Swanson is the Senior Director of Fleet at Generac. And, and Phil, can you kind of explain what, what does that mean for folks that might, aren't, might not be familiar with the terminology? Yeah, absolutely. So um, essentially my role is supporting our field installed product. So if it's uh, post commissioning, that's my responsibility. So what that means, uh, technical support, dealer support, so our installer support, customer support. Uh, we have a group of people that do fleet analytics. So monitoring our systems in the field, make sure everything's working properly. Um, application engineering, field service, uh, and, and portions of the training come right to me. Excellent. So basically every, everything that's out there then, the, the generators, the battery systems, everything that's out there in the field. Clean energy Clean specific. Energy. Okay. So power cell, yep. Um, the home standby uh, units and our commercial and industrial products are uh, different Great. Okay. Well, I know power cells, a lot of what we want to talk about today. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I guess if, if we can kind of get, get right into it. So Phil, you know, a big reason why we're sitting here today is that, you know, I had put out a post a couple of weeks ago talking about some of the reasons why here at Solar Surge, we have not been actively selling or actively promoting the Generac power cell product. And we talked a little bit, you know, kind of what's going on with the snap RS and all that. So I guess let's just get right, let's get, get right to the chase here. So what, what's going on with snap RS? Yeah, so um, I appreciate it. It's it's good to you know to talk about this. Um, so Generac recognized that the original SnapRS product, so that's the rapid shutdown device on the roof that couples with our PV link, um, wasn't performing to the quality standards that Generac expects um, and maintains. So we've been actively working to support our warranty. Um, working with our dealers and also third-party installers to replace any equipment um, that may not be functioning properly under warranty, and in some cases doing that uh, even on equipment that is functioning. So yeah, we've, we're, we're aggressively um, working to support both our dealers and our, our system owners. Okay. Okay, great. And I, cause I know that's, that's a question a lot of folks out there, especially, you know, those out there that are, are solar installers, or maybe they are installing and maintaining Generac systems. Um, you know, what is this going to look like for them? I guess, as we kind of work through the current batch of product that's already out there, you know, what does the future look like on this particular issue? Yeah. So specifically, um, we rely, uh, on our dealers, our installers to perform most of the physical service in the field. Um, in your previous video, you mentioned uh, warranty compensation for those partners. Um, Generac has a really, really strong warranty support uh, structure as well as our compensation. Um, you noted a figure of $800 for the opportunity cost. The way that we've structured our warranty compensation, both for our third-party service providers as well as our installer dealers, um, comes out in such a way that I think we exceed that in many cases, you know, there's always case by case uh, differences, travel time, et cetera. But yeah, I think we've we've really structured this in in my opinion in industry leading way, um, so we can help our dealers, we can enable our installers to get out there and support our homeowners. 
there's also certain situations where uh, a specific dealer or installer may no longer be in business. And in those circumstances, we've partnered with regional and national third-party service providers, and we're performing that warranty work at no cost to the homeowner. Um, so yeah, we're really aggressively attacking this on all fronts. So does that mean that if, if somebody has a Generac system installed out there and maybe the original company that did the installation is no longer in business, does that mean you'll have another one of your install partners come out to service that system? Absolutely, yep. We, we, um, so we're, doing, we're, we're kind of doing this on two fronts. So proactively, we're, my fleet analytics team is keeping an eye on our system performance. So in some cases, we're uh, assigning those service leads, if you will, um, to our third-party service providers. But there's also a conduit for our homeowners to contact our 24-hour customer support line, um, and then they can request that their system be worked on. So you, you have, you have the, the confidence that Generac is keeping an eye on your system, but you can also self-advocate as a homeowner. Give us a call, and we'll get someone out to help you, whether it's your original installer or, or someone else. Okay, and, and, and what's the best way to do that? If, if there are, let's say there are a homeowner out there watching this now and they have a Generac power cell system and they might, they want the system checked out or maybe they're concerned whether it's working properly, what's the best thing for them to do right now? So there's two ways to get a hold of us. Um, one is by phone and one is by email and we can provide that contact uh, information. Okay, great. And we'll make sure that we, we put a, um, uh, either a link in the description below or maybe, Editor, you can put up a little banner uh, below there with uh, where, where homeowners need to go if they have PowerCell now and looking for some closure uh, and some resolution on this issue. Yeah, and I would, just, I would just reiterate, you know, Generac has 60 years of history building an organization from the ground up, started in a garage, uh, and now it's a multi-billion dollar company. Um, and we did that by supporting our installers and our homeowners. And um, that is our full intention. Uh, and I think our response speaks for itself. That's great. That's great. Well, you know, folks, as, as you know, you know, if you've been following the channel for a while, I, I've talked about this before, is that one of the most important choices you can make as a homeowner, if you're in this process of evaluating solar and battery storage options, is which install company do I choose? Because oftentimes it's that original install company that's going to be providing your primary warranty service. And what I think I'm hearing you say, Phil, is that regardless of the health of your original installer, that Generac is going to stand behind any system that's currently out there in the field. Yeah. And you'll field those service calls directly if the, if the original install company is not being responsive. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So Generac expects that all of our dealers, you know, operate with integrity um, and uphold the Generac brand. Uh, but we also realize that some installers want to focus on installing. They, that's their focus is, is new installations. Um, so we have already mobilized a really strong third-party service network to back up both our homeowners as well as our dealer network. So uh, we, Generac, can uh, serve as a conduit to making a connection with those service providers if their original uh, installer doesn't want to service the system. So um, there shouldn't be concern in, in any regard that you are left out in the cold or in the dark um, if your original installer isn't participating. We have uh, plenty of dealers that are really excited to get out there and help. Great, yeah. great. Well, thank you for that. And I think that's really what, what we wanted to hit on here, folks, is you know, Generac is here to, to set the record straight, tell their side of the story. And what I'm hearing is that they're going to do what it takes to make things right 
whether you're an existing customer, a prospective customer, or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. Generac did not get into this um, as a flash in the pan. This is this is the future of Generac's core business, um, and you can see that in in publications, you know, across not just me saying this. And so, yeah, I just want to reiterate that we are super committed both to this industry as well as our consumers uh, and dealers, both on the generator side of the business as well as clean energy. Great. Great. Well, let's take a step back now because, you know, the Generac power cell system, folks, if you've been following Solar Surge for a while, you'll notice that this is one of the, probably the most popular systems that I covered back in 2021. Um, particularly for those that are looking for solar with a whole house backup. And that, that's a big segment of our audience. It's not just people that are looking for solar, but they're looking for solar with a whole house backup to be really self-sufficient, not so much for saving money, but to be fully self-sufficient. And uh, if we could, I'd like to talk a little bit now about some of the technical differences between the Generac solar plus storage system, we call it what you call power cell, mm -hmm. and some of the other uh, solutions that are on the market. So let, let's talk a little bit, Phil, about the DC coupled architecture versus the AC coupled architecture. And yeah. for those that are sort of new on the topic, can you explain a little bit what, what, are the two, what do those two terms mean? Yeah, I think that's a great way to frame the conversation when you're, when you're a consumer or a dealer and you're trying to make a decision on what sort of energy storage product do I want, um, be it solar, home standby generators, uh, and specifically, as we talk about solar and battery backup, there's really two main architectures, as you've, men as you've mentioned. Uh, that's DC coupled. That's where we focus. That's our, our um, product offering. And there's also AC coupling. And so DC or direct current and AC alternating current are two kind of primary forms of electricity, the way that it can be transmitted and used. Um, and so on DC coupled, what it means is you are coupling or you're integrating different energy sources on a DC bus. And the reason uh, that's, that uh, makes sense is because solar panels or PV generates DC power. Um, as well, batteries also store DC power. So when you're moving energy from the solar as the source to a battery, uh, and then eventually to a load to be consumed in the house, uh, whether you're plugging in a microwave or you know turning on the lights, that, that's where you need to convert to AC. Most of our appliances in the home um, need an AC source to operate. Uh, so one of the main advantages with a DC coupled architecture is that you're only making that energy conversion from DC to AC when you need it. It's on, on time of use. And the reason that's important is because there are efficiency losses anytime you're converting energy uh, from one DC to AC. So the less times you're forced to do that as we're managing energy within a home, the more efficient your system will end up being. Um, on the AC coupled side, so we can talk about that quickly, uh, that is another approach to um, integrating PV energy storage in the loads in a home. Um, and the, the main difference there is that the point of interconnection or the point that you are making the energy exchange is on the AC side. And so there's, there's value and there's merit to that approach, um, but there are also drawbacks to it. And the main drawback is just the nature of 
having to convert the energy between AC and DC more often. So for example, if I've got energy in a solar panel that comes in uh, through an AC coupled uh, inverter, that would need to be converted from DC to AC. And then if I wanna take that energy and put it into the battery, I need to then convert it from AC back to DC. So there's an additional uh, exchange or conversion of energy in that sort of uh, scenario. Now, one of the merits of AC coupled is that it's, it's easy for retrofits. So for example, if you have existing PV and you wanted to add battery storage, um, that is, that's, a, that's an advantage there. Got it, got it. And that makes, makes a lot of sense. So, you know, for those that are, that are off grid or uh, even those that have been following me for a while, you know, that I, I did choose a DC coupled system when I built the last house, particularly because of the reasons you mentioned, you know, the, mm -hmm. the more efficient direct solar to battery, DC to DC battery charging. So if you are in an off grid mode and you need to get every last bit of usable energy, the DC coupled architecture does allow you to kind of capture more usable energy. Yeah, I think one, one way to frame it, like, um, you know, I think I always think about these things in terms of what would I want, just, just as the example you just mentioned. And if, uh, so I'm, I'm installing solar on my house right now, we just built a new house. And from a greenfield approach, or if you don't have solar, like you've mentioned, that DC coupled approach really makes sense. It's, it's keeping energy in the form that it's stored and produced uh, in the most efficient manner, and that's keeping it on the DC side until you need it. Uh, and so the, that's where PowerCell really, really excels, is uh, in those new installations where consumers are looking for solar as well as storage. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's really exciting for us, and I think an area where our product really stands out. So one of the things that you know I notice about the DT coupled architecture is that you can have a single inverter that basically does both functions for you. But does the grid tie function? It also does the off grid, the battery charging as well as consuming from the battery to power loads within the house, which makes for overall a cleaner installation, right? There's less pieces of equipment hanging on your wall. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's really. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, DC coupled architecture is so attractive, and I think PowerCell specifically, is that we are really offering a holistic solution. So when you come to Generac for a solar plus storage, you have one company that's basically providing all of the technology for you. So if we're talking about PV links, uh, which is your, your power conversion on the roof, you have your battery cabinet as well as uh, the power conversion in the battery, inverter, ATS, load management, all of that comes to you from Generac, which makes for a super slick installation, really clean. Um, and so again, it, it, to me, it's almost a no brainer. If you're going for a new install and, and you want PV plus storage, that's where PowerCell really shines. Yeah. Now, what about the, the, the cost implications for that too? Are there cost savings to be achieved having that single brand and kind of a single single inverter handling all the function for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and it, this is something you commented on in a previous video too. Uh, PowerCell was intentionally sized the way it was, um, which means that we, under a single inverter, so one inverter mounted on the wall with one battery cabinet that gives you 18 kilowatt hours of storage. Um, and so that exceeds, uh, you know, 
the vast majority of our competitors. Um, and in most circumstances, in many circumstances, you would need two devices from some of our competitors to offer that same value proposition in terms of both kilowatt hours, uh, so that's your storage capacity, as well as kilowatts or your instantaneous delivery of power. Um, and in addition, so that 18 kilowatt hours, that's one full battery cabinet. You can also add an additional battery cabinet onto that single inverter, which then gets you up to 36 kilowatt hours of storage um, and 11 kilowatts of instantaneous delivery. So again, really, uh, really compact, streamlined installation, fewer components. Um, and you know, I think it, it really makes the cost per watt or your value um, really attractive, especially when you get a, you know, when you start to add two, three AC coupled batteries onto an existing PV array, you, you start to do that cost analysis and it really makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. And just so folks have a clear understanding of what, what they can do with PowerCell today. So you can do on a, on a single inverter, let's say on a single inverter, how much maximum battery storage could you do? 36 kilowatt hours. On just, on just the 17600 inverter. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So two full battery um, cabinets with six battery modules in each of them. Okay. And then, and then there is a two inverter option as well for people that just need more continuous power, or is it mainly one inverter and then just one or two battery cabinets? Um, yeah. So we do have installations <laughs> in uh, customers putting multiple inverters on uh, on the home. That is a that's an approach that you would want to work case by case with your dealer to really understand how to integrate multiple inverters. Um, our core value proposition is that single inverter with one or two battery cabinets. And in fact, even with one, you have flexibility there. You can do one cabinet with three modules, four, five, or six, which is a full battery cabinet. So a lot of flexibility um, in terms of a single inverter install, or in, in some cases where it makes sense, a multiple inverter install. Okay. And now I know we're kind of talking about the other side of things now, but what are some cases or what are some instances where the AC coupled architecture would be more preferable? Um, yeah, I think it goes back to retrofitting. You know, in a, in a situation where you already have existing PV on the roof, those AC coupled uh, that AC coupled architecture is, um, is easy. It's an easy add-on. And uh, it also makes integrating multiple components from different manufacturers easier because the AC 60 Hertz, uh, you know, it, it's a standard, right? Standard, it's, yeah. it's, that's what everyone uses in their home. So if you're, in, if you're a company and you're just making a battery, you're going to AC couple because they, you can integrate with other products much more easy, you know, much easier. PowerCell, on the other hand, since you're getting everything from one company, we have the flexibility to make sure that our products integrate at a different level. Um, you know, even the way we operate in in an outage situation. So let me give you an example. You're, uh, you're, you have an outage, you're islanded, meaning the inverter is no longer connected to the utility, we're on battery backup. It's the middle of the day, your home is only using one kilowatt, um, your battery is almost fully charged. With PowerCell, what's gonna happen is we will back off 
we will back off production from the PV link and feed your local loads directly. So if you're pulling one kilowatt, we are, gonna, we are gonna go directly from PV through the inverter to those local loads. We're not gonna touch what's in the battery. Because the battery is stored, we wanna mm -hmm. save that for later. Let's say you turn on some more lights, your loads go up to five kilowatts. PV links will draw as much power as they can from the array. Again, feed those loads directly. Only when you exceed the PV capacity at that given time do we start to draw from the battery. In an AC coupled architecture, you don't have that level of integration. So I'll, we'll do the same example with an AC coupled architecture. Battery is fully charged, your home needs one kilowatt. You can't control the micro inverters or the AC coupled PV in the same way. So if you only need one kilowatt, you're gonna draw off the battery. PV is not gonna work, it's gonna be turned off. You'll draw off the battery until the battery is sufficiently decharged, uncharged, you've got capacity in the battery that can then accept the full output power from the array on the roof. So one of the things I hear from uh, consumers that have an AC coupled architecture, they're in, a, they're in an outage, bright sunny day, not using a ton of power, their PV's up. They're drawing from their battery. Um, so that's, that's one example where, you know, I think the DC architecture is really superior. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Because when you're in an off-grid operation mode with an AC coupled system, unless there's some kind of proprietary communication between your, your, your battery system and your inverter system, it's basically all on or it's all off. Exactly. Right, because again, yep. we're talking about standards, right? Yep. And so the standard right now for, for throttle control is the frequency shift, right? Exactly. Which, which essentially tells the micro inverters or the, the grid tie inverter, either it's all on or it's all off, but there's no way to say, hey, give me 10% throttle, give me 15% throttle, yep. you know, because that's what the house can actually use right now. Yep, exactly. So, okay. Well, I think this has been a good conversation because I know that that is one of the areas that people are going to be considering, particularly folks that are more technical minded, like, like yeah. you and me, that they're going to want to like, hey, is, is DC coupled better? Is AC coupled better? And I think the answer in a lot of these situations is, well, it depends. It depends what are you trying to accomplish and what is your current situation? Are we re retrofitting or are we starting from scratch? What you call a greenfield, you know, yep. can we put this thing all together from scratch using, you know, the exact components that we want? Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing and something you do a great job of here, which is just educating your viewers. And, um, you know, PowerCell, um, has such a great value proposition and um, we want to educate the consumer and the dealers on what that value proposition is and where it makes sense. Um, but it's also super important and I think this will probably segue into some of the different configurations that we offer is that you, it's important to also understand what the physical limitations are of equipment. And that's not power cell, that's battery storage in general, that's PV. Um, and so having, having that education and that expectation of what my system can do, what it can't do is really important be, uh, for a good customer experience, right? If you, you know, if, if you buy a sedan and you want to tow a boat uh, and someone tells you you can, and then you end up not being able to do it, that's not a good customer experience. Doesn't mean the sedan doesn't have value. It's just, uh, the conversation wasn't right to begin with. So, um, you know, I think that's I think that's something that we can get into here, and and I'm excited to to help uh, you know set those expectations, and educate. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because let, let's get into that because so, so many of the people watching here today and so much of what people are expecting from us is solar with whole house backup. And that's the, the yes. term we hear now, whole house backup, yep. whole home backup. So let's talk a little bit about how does Generac PowerCell work? How can it deliver a partial home backup you know, on the smaller side? And then how could it deliver a so-called whole home backup? And sure. what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so... Um, even, even before we talk about the two different approaches, because PowerCell does offer a partial home backup or protected loads, sometimes uh, it's referred to, or whole home. I like to call it managed whole home. Um, but I think it's important to understand, you know, when, when we talk about whole home backup, what does that look like? In, uh, you know, I, as the solar guy in my family, we're at Thanksgiving dinner, right? And someone always says, how many, how many panels do I need? Or how big of a battery do I need? And you know, the answer is it depends, right? If you use natural gas or propane or oil to heat your home compared to electricity, your demand, where you're getting that source of energy from is really different. You know, someone who uses electric heat in New England, where I live, their electricity bill looks very, very different from someone who's using natural gas. Um, and so it's really important to understand what am I trying to back up? You know, what and what can I reasonably get from a battery? Um, you know, there's there's a reason that internal combustion engines have been around for so long and that uh, energy source in, in fossil fuels is so dense. That's one of that's one of the things that's miraculous about it. When you start to talk about batteries, um, you need to be aware of, you know, what are the reasonable limits of a battery and what can I do? And one of the ways, so you can either, you can take two approaches to it. You can either add a ton of battery backup, right? Just absurd amounts of batteries. That's really costly. In some places it's cool. I mean, if, if I could fill a room in my basement with batteries and do it, I certainly would. Go for it, yeah. Um, the, other, the other way to approach it is through load management. Um, which basically means being really smart about when and which devices are using power at what times. So one example I can give you, um, a good example of, of load management or energy management is a well pump or a water heater. Well pumps have a diaphragm, you know, you fill a tank, it pressurizes it. So your well pump isn't always running. It, it runs for a few minutes, gets pressure in a tank. You use that pressure, the well pump turns on later. Same with a water heater, unless it's on demand. But most water heaters have a reservoir that they keep at a temperature. If you turn the shower on, you use that water that's preheated. So in those circumstances, those types of loads, we have flexibility when we can and can turn them off. Um, and that's what load management uh, is for. And so I, I talk about that in the context of partial home and managed whole home. And that's really the differentiator between the two is in partial home, you are predetermining which circuits you want to back up in an outage. So you're taking a subset of your electrical circuits in the home and connecting them directly to your backup source. In managed whole home, you are energizing your entire home, but you then have flexibility to manage those heavier loads. So you can utilize them if you need to, um, and in some cases, when you use power manager, for example, 
you actually have flexibility post-installation, uh, both through an automated management platform as well as manual. So you can literally turn things on with your cell phone. Um, so those are kind of the two architectures, uh, partial home and managed whole home. Now, when I, when I got started in solar, pretty much all I was doing was partial home backup. Yeah. And, I, and I can still remember the calls would come in and it would go something like this, Joe, I saw your ad. What I need is I need backup for my well pump and my refrigerator. Yep. You know, and batteries were much smaller back then. And mm -hmm. budgets, budgets were also smaller. Financing options weren't as abundant as they are today. So oftentimes we had to make something work with limited battery storage, limited budget, and make sure that those essential items or those critical load items were powered on. And, and of course, well pump for water and refrigerator for food were usually the top two on that list. Sometimes medical devices, you know, people would need medical devices. So they need an outlet that they could plug in like, sure. a, like a CPAP machine or something like that. But now when we talk about a whole house backup, and I'm glad that you that you use that 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 term energized. The whole house will be energized, but it doesn't mean you can turn everything on Correct. at the same time. So you may have voltage on every outlet in the house. Doesn't mean you can plug everything in and turn it all on and fire it up at the same time. Yeah. So let's let let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, guys, when you're when you're talking about, and this is one of the big differences between a traditional generator backup which a lot of times off, offers high power ratings, right? Like a Generac standby, you can get what, 24 kW now for a typical Absolutely. residential. So mm -hmm. you know, 24 kilowatt, that's a lot of power. That, that can actually run the whole house for most modern homes that don't have like electric strip heating, right? You can pretty much run the whole house on 24 kilowatts if you're willing to pay for the fuel, right? right? If you can store the fuel and if you're willing to pay for the fuel. So that, that is an advantage there. Now, when you're talking with solar and battery backup, um, you have a finite amount of not just power, how much you can draw at one time, but you also have a finite amount of energy, right? Your solar panels only collected a certain number of kilowatt hours that day, and that's how much you've harvested. Also, your battery can only store a certain number of kilowatt hours, and that's how much total energy you have from when the sun goes down until the sun comes up the next day. So can you explain a little bit why is load management uh, or what you call managed home, uh, whole home backup. Why is that a critical component to this whole backup power conversation, uh, particularly with renewables compared to traditional generators? Yeah, and that's that's right at the heart of it. So I, load management in my mind does two things. One, it controls the instantaneous draw from the battery. So your peak output from the battery. So again, it kind of goes back to do I want to spend X number of dollars to double my instantaneous output? Or do I want to install load management and just uh, sequence when my loads turn on? So I know I need my well pump to work. I know I need my water heater to work. I know I need my oven to work, but maybe I don't need them to work all at the same time. And load management gives you that option. So it's really a way to reduce your peak consumption, thus limiting the number of batteries or power converters you need to meet that demand. So that's one approach. Um, and Power Manager, so when, uh, when Generac entered the renewable energy sector, one of the things we leveraged was Generac's longstanding expertise in backup power. And so one of the things that came along was that, with that was the SMM or Smart um, Management Module. And so that's basically, you know, a relay that can interrupt a circuit. Well, we've iterated on that and greatly improved that with a product called Power Manager, 
which allows you to do that with 12 different circuits. And the nice thing about Power Manager is it's, it's smarter. So it has uh, more um, intelligent algorithms that are used to determine when loads turn on and off. Um, and it also gives you greater flexibility because you can control it through an app. Um, so using that uh, power management or load management, um, one goal that I mentioned was to reduce the instantaneous power demand. The other thing is to extend your, your outage coverage, right? So as an example, it's, it's afternoon, <clears throat> sun is going down, my battery is fully charged. I'm using things at night, I'm washing the dishes, I'm cooking my food, refrigerator's running, I'm drawing down my battery, I get to 50%. Now I can configure my system to know I'm at 50% battery and say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to disconnect the lights in this portion of the home. I'm going, I'm getting increasingly conservative on my energy consumption. So you can do this manually. You could walk through your house, you could turn lights off, you could tell the kids not to take a shower, whatever. Um, but Power Manager will do this for you and it'll do it intelligently. So you wouldn't want at 2 a.m. your well pump to kick on and your water heater to kick on and draw your battery down so you didn't have the bathroom nightlight when you needed it, right? That's what Power Manager does for you is it keeps an eye on both instantaneous draw as well as energy storage in your battery and make sure you're optimizing that usage when you really need it. And you can configure, you can tell the system, hey, these are my priorities. These are the things I really always need. And these are the things I can live with or live without with the, the other variable being energy storage capacity. So that, that's, that's really cool. And, you know, tech uh, techies, right, that, that will get really into this because you can play with it, you can change it after the fact um, and make sure you really dial it in for those outages. Absolutely. And this is one of the key things to make a successful whole home backup work. Because again, whole home backup does not mean unlimited power or unlimited storage. What it means is every, every part of the house will have access to energy. So it'll, yes. be, it'll be energized, but you still have to budget where you want to spend that energy. And so it comes down to priorities. I think it really is, that's what it boils down to. What are your order of priorities? Because if well pump is high up the list, right, but clothes dryer is lower on the list, then very simply, if the well pump needs to run, so you have water, the clothes dryer, if need be, the clothes dryer will be automatically turned off for you. Exactly. And um, and as you said, you know, Generac's background, uh, you know, having done generator backup systems for so many decades, this is a problem that you all have already had to, to tackle many times before getting into the renewable yep. space, right? Yeah. And, you know, every year homes become more electrified. Um, and so more and more devices that we use are using electricity. And so that demand is always increasing, but there's all, there are also opportunities to save um, and ways to be more intelligent. Um, one of our recent acquisitions was Ecobee, which we're really excited about bringing into the energy technology portfolio, which is really our, our next gen um, you know, product offering. And that's one of the biggest loads in a house is, is thermal management, so AC or heating. And so if that gives you a, just yet another way to really be um, cautious and aware of when you're using energy. And it's not just in an outage situation. There's value in certain markets to using energy at certain times. We know in Hawaii, California, um, power is more expensive 
when more people are using it. Yeah, Arizona. Absolutely. And so that's one of the cool things about a battery backup system is it's, uh, you know, generators are exceptional at providing real-time power in an outage. That's, they are great at doing it. And you've got to spend a lot of money in batteries to mimic a 24 kilowatt generator with a 200 gallon propane tank. However, the, the generator, when you're not in an outage, isn't really doing anything, right? That's one of the values of these battery backup systems, and especially in certain markets, is rate arbitrage, being able to manage consumption of your home, using energy from the utility when it's cheapest and using your stored energy when it's most expensive. And, that, and then you start to really get um, additional value out of your system. Absolutely, absolutely. And especially in light of what's going on now in California, you know, California is yeah. the, largest, the largest solar market in the country. Their net metering program pretty much got gutted absolutely. Know, a, couple of, a couple of months ago. And so that those rule changes will take effect now in two months. Um, the, you know, the, the, the typical one-for-one one net metering credit is going to be going away for many California homeowners that have a for-profit utility like PG&E or uh, Southern California Edison or some of those larger companies. So what, is, what does battery storage mean for somebody like that? Maybe they haven't looked into batteries before because they were more, maybe they were more drawn to solar because of the, the environmental or the financial benefits. But now this idea of storage and backup power is kind of coming into the conversation. So what, what, what would you tell to somebody like that who's, you know, now, now there's a financial case to have the battery besides just backup power? Yeah, I mean, you know, California has long been a leader, um, uh, early adopter, you know, paving the way in so many different things. And, and energy management and solar uh, is no different. So I anticipate what happens in California will eventually happen everywhere. You know, uh, New York, Massachusetts are always uh, close followers. Places like Puerto Rico and Hawaii, by necessity, have to be early adopters to that. But it's what, what you're talking about with NEM 3.0 in California essentially makes battery backup required. In, in, in a financial perspective, mm -hmm. it really does. I mean, it, it takes... We were so... Uh, Folks with net metering agreements were so lucky. That is such a, you know, that it, and it was designed to be that way, right? The reason net metering was implemented was to encourage adoption of PV. Now what's happened in California is it's been encouraged. It's implemented. And so they need to go to the next step. They are effectively doing load management on a grid scale. So what we're talking about doing in your home, they are doing on a day-to-day -day basis with their entire utility. And that's why they need batteries, because it's going to help support the utility in that area. Um, and it really, you know, it's now incentivizing people to purchase batteries. And uh, California in particular is a really, really awesome application for the power cell product. Um, home size, energy consumption, um, you know, their whole low profile, uh, now NEM 3.0, all really just, you know, makes our product have, have a, a natural home in California. So we're excited for NEM 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. And so are we. I mean, obviously, it's, it's not as advantageous now for homeowners that are looking for just straight, you know, grid-tied solar without yep. storage because they've been able to take advantage for so many years of just kind of, you know, using the grid as your backup. Absolutely. Right? You know, whatever you don't need, just dump it to the grid and then they have to pay you for it, um, which is nice, but it's also not 
necessarily what I would call a free market type of arrangement, right? Because the utilities are saying, hey, we'll take it, but we don't want to pay you the full price. We want to pay you more in line with a wholesale price, which is what we pay when we buy power from the, the nuclear power plant down the street. We're mm-hmm. not paying them retail, you know, for that power. Yeah, yeah well, this is, uh, it's, it's the evolution of our industry, right? This is the next step to us getting solar on more homes because using a net metering approach, there is a limit. There's a limit to how far you can go. And then beyond that, storage is is the next big thing. That's how we're going to provide more of our energy portfolio from renewables. Um, so as, as I mentioned, California's leading the way. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Storage really is that missing link to, to go from just being green to, to being truly energy independent, to right. being truly self-sufficient. And I've been preaching this and I've been living this on, on, on a household level, on a personal level for a decade now. And I think now this is being rolled out at, at a larger scale, as you mentioned, at a utility scale. And so for California homeowners that are thinking about solar plus storage, I really do think this is the time to, to really consider, like, do you really want to be energy independent? Because here's what it looks like. It's, it's, it's energy harvest. It's also energy storage. And it's being smart with products like Ecobee and others, being smart about how you use your energy and yeah. not just using it so haphazardly. Have you, um, in previous uh, discussions, referenced the duck curve? Have you talked about that? At all? Not too much, but let's let's dig into that a little bit. Yeah, it's a so you we could probably um, put up an image of this, um, but the duck curve essentially is like a daily load profile, you know. And if you look at the contour of the load, it kind of mm-hmm. looks like a duck. That's why they get the name. But you can imagine, you know, early morning, everyone wakes up, they're making their coffee, um, you know, they're doing their dishes, getting the kids off to school, whatever, going to work. And so there's a peak, there's a peak of uh, consumption at that point in the, in the morning. Everyone goes to work, they all leave their homes, their homes kind of go dormant. There's a dip in the middle of the day uh, of consumption. And then again, you see this really big spike when everyone gets out of work and goes home. And so that gives you this hump in the morning, uh, a dip during the middle of the day, and then another hump in the evening. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at night, it drops way off. So there's another hump. The problem there, well, the the opportunity, I should say, right, for our industry, the opportunity there is that solar uh, produces its energy during the day. And and it really almost is inverse to our consumption. So the more PV you put into the, the utility during those daylight hours, the more dramatic that uh, dip during the day becomes from a utility power uh, provider's stance. So what batteries can do, and the, this is where you know our, our on-grid battery value really comes in, is we can store energy from the PV during the day when people aren't using it. So effen- effectively reducing the dip in the, in the daytime trough uh, and we, so we're reducing that trough and then we can export or use that energy during our peak consumption hour in the evening. So we smooth out the ducks curve and that makes it much more sustainable from the utilities perspective in order to supply reliable power. So previously where net metering was deg- you know, having a negative impact on the duck curve with batteries, we're actually now having a positive impact on that duck curve. So 
Um, really, really cool. And uh, I encourage everyone, you can probably Google it, duck curve, take a look at it. I think it'll make sense to you and, and really helped me to visualize the, va the value of batteries. And in, in another uh, way to look at it, the challenges that utilities have to handle solar on the utility, so, yeah. Right, right, right. And I think this, this touches on this issue of, you know, if, if your solar generation is not coincident with your energy consumption, then there, there's this issue of where do you store the energy? What do you do with the excess energy? And how do you get it back when you need it? And of course, you know, if you're on net metering, you kind of just assume the utility is going to solve that problem for you. It's going to be more self-sufficient. You're going to have to kind of work on that solution yourself. And that's where storage really comes in to help yep. smooth the curve, as you say. So, Phil, one, one question that I have to ask here, and I know a lot of folks are going to be wondering out here is, you know, is Generac here to stay in the renewable space? I know you guys are dominant in the generator industry. In fact, your company is synonymous with home standby generators. But for those wondering, is Generac really here to stay long-term in the renewable space, what would you tell them? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad you asked that question because we really are. Generac as a, a company um, is committed to this space. And I think you'll, you're seeing a transformation of the whole organization focusing really in on solar storage, battery backup, whole home energy management, um, Ecobee coming into the portfolio. And, you know, we've, so, so that's our vision. That's where we're headed, but we've shown this and we've demonstrated this over the last 60 years of the company starting in a garage, now a multi-billion dollar organization. And we did that, um, through supporting our dealer network and our consumers. And so our track record shows, uh, commitment both to our install partners, as well as our homeowners. And the, the decisions that we're making from a leadership level demonstrate our commitment and our focus and our transition to the renewable energy sector. So I'm really excited. Um, you know, our CEO, I think, really has uh, an incredible vision for where this company is going to be in the next two, three, five, ten years. Uh, it's pretty inspiring. Great. Okay. Now, those that are out there... They might be wondering, you know, because again, we part of what brought us together today was this issue of the, the SNAP RS and the reliability and not, not to beat a dead horse on that. But let's say if there's an electrical contractor out there and they're wondering, you know, is Generac going to be a reliable partner? Can, can I build my business around a Generac partnership? Maybe the way that I, I built a generator installation business in, in the past. Can I build my renewable energy business around Generac as a partner? Yeah, again, absolutely. You know, we're really fortunate um, to have that experience, that relationship that Generac has been so good at form, forming between the company and the dealers. Um, you know, that long-term partnership uh, is, is forefront in, in everything we do. That's, that is our focus. Um, you know, year to year, we have uh, these kind of like organizational goals and um, and last year was focusing really on our dealer partnerships. And that wasn't just in the home standby sector, but that's clean energy as well. So we're really fortunate to have come into this space with a formula um, that's tried and true and tested uh, with, that develops a strong partnership between our dealers, our installers, and our homeowners. And so Generac has been really, really successful with that. And we're applying that directly to the renewable energy sector um, you know, another thing I would just uh, say um, is the fact 
that Generac is diversified and has been so successful in other markets really adds bankability and commitment and strength to our organization um, so that we can we can continue to support and invest. Um, so yeah, it's, it, I think Generac is in a unique position to really, really excel in this space. And I know that's uh, our intention, that's our commitment, and that's what we're going to do. Great. Well, Phil, thank you so much for coming down to be on the Solar Surge podcast. I think you've answered the question, folks. From what I'm hearing is Generac is not only here to stay, but they're going to do what they have to do to make things right for any of these service reliability issues that are out there. And so I just really appreciate you making the trip to come down. Um, let us know, what are some of the things to, that we should be looking for down the road in terms of the product roadmap? Where, where do you see yeah. things going from here? Yeah, this is the cool next, uh, next phase, right? So um, as a generator company, I think people are um, you know, expecting, anticipating integration with our other products. So we've got some really, really cool things coming down the road in terms of DC coupled generators as well as AC coupled generators. Um, more to come on that on my next trip down. Uh, so really exciting stuff happening there. And, you know, we have a, uh, a team of really smart people always thinking about the next thing. So I'll leave it at that and just uh, a little cliffhanger. But yeah, there is some really, really cool stuff coming down the road. You can tell by my smile. So, yeah, yeah well I'm excited. We're looking forward to having you back. Folks, Phil Swanson here, Senior Director of Fleet for Generac. Uh, Phil, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, Joe. And uh, I wish you all success with everything coming up this year. Likewise.